And now, around the world and around the corner, it's the David Bowers Awards, bringing the best in indie music to millions of listeners worldwide with your host, the David Bowers. We've got a fantastic lineup of guests, as well as our engineer extraordinaire, Nick the Geek, our entire crew here at the Asylum, and me, I'm John Bon Jovial. And now, here's the voice of indie music, the David Bowers. Happy New Year. Welcome 2021 and goodbye. What the heck ever that last year was. Yeah, <laughs> don't don't, don't let the again. door hit you in the butt on the way out there, 2020. You got that right. <laughs> you got that right. Hey, welcome aboard. Thank you, John Bon Jovial. Thank you, listeners, for coming back again. Hope you had a wonderful holiday. I know we enjoyed our time off with, uh, you know, with whatever we did. I uh, we won't go into that, but hey, it was a lot of fun and it was it was nice, relaxing for a while. Good to be back here. Got a great show with a couple of great artists for you. One contemporary and one from our Hall of Fame. Going to love this show. It's it's going to be a lot of fun. But first, uh, John Bon Jovial, how are things down there in the in the Camp Swampy? <laughs> Well, I'll tell you what, we have had ourselves an absolutely magnificent winter so far, which is unusual because the last few years we haven't. And if Florida was like this year-round, I probably wouldn't mind living here, wouldn't mind it at all. But, uh, you know, when you get the 10 months of uh, summer, (laughs) you know, that kind of tends to make you want to stay inside (laughs) and run the electric bill up because of the air conditioning. But... Uh, no, we had a we had a wonderful yeah, Christmas with the family. It was very peaceful. Uh, New Year's was you know a, a bit of a celebration well, uh, because we got rid of 2020 and now we're on 2021. And I look, I can't get much worse. And uh, you know, I can't get I, I can't get the vaccine soon enough. I got to agree with you there. I do have one question though. One thing you said sounds a little in Congress. Uh, it was peaceful. It was. Christmas and New Year's with the family was peaceful? Well, for the most part, it was peaceful. There, <laughs> There's always that one family member. You, you know what I'm talking yeah, about. Well, hey, listen, I've had, I've had Christmas parties and, and New Year's parties for years, and um, I've called them a lot of things, but peaceful wasn't one of the more frequent adjectives <laughs> we used. <laughs> Well, I was able to uh, I mean, uh, fall asleep nice in front pleasant, of a football but... game and uh, and and eat way too much food, and so of course now everybody says, yeah, "Well, you know, my that. New Year's resolution is I'm going to lose weight." Well, that's just a load of crap. I'm not going to lose weight, even though I'm going to try. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're about two two weeks late with that resolution. <laughs> I know what you mean. I, I did manage. I did manage to be, uh, you know, fairly responsible. I mean, uh, I I didn't really go overboard there there were a couple of times that i probably overindulged a little bit but uh, i remember i learned years ago about overindulging too much and that discomfort that lasts for the next three hours after dinner so i have been uh, i have tried to restrict myself in that respect so i would say you know maybe a little second helping of the sweet potatoes or something but uh, uh nothing terrible i i even put off dessert for a couple hours so uh, i i tried to be fairly responsible and uh oh i just uh, <laughs> they're flashing us signs from the uh from the control room there 
Yes, we appreciate your work, Nick. You do a wonderful job. We're glad to have you with us, and we hope you had a great holiday, too. And if you were in here instead of off there, uh, we'd have you come in and say a few words, but uh, we appreciate it, and uh, we want to wish you a happy new year as well. I, I, I saw Thank that. You Nick, so much. Nick, Nick just flashed us, didn't he? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, sort of. <laughs> Not in the uh, yeah, not, not in, in the, the biblical uh, sense way that a lot of people are thinking. <laughs> Matter of fact, if we keep on picking on him, he's liable to do more than that. He'll pull a plug on us or something. The <laughs> Nick's a great guy, and he's been with us for almost as long as we've been doing the show, and uh, we definitely appreciate his uh, his having been with us as we do, Mary Perry. Uh, accredited disability representative up in Rochester, New York, who has, uh, well, she has underwritten the show for the last few years, and she has retired, so she is no longer with us, although uh, she might be listening, so I'll be very careful. No, we're not going to say anything that uh, anything bad about Mary Perry. We love her, and uh, we really appreciate the fact that she has been underwriting this show for uh, I, I forget how many years it is, probably About three, four, four years. Four years, of, uh, yeah. You know, and uh, it's been wonderful having you with us, Mary. And uh, your absence uh, leaves the door open for anyone else, I might add, who would like to underwrite the show and uh, and get a little uh, mention around the world and around the music world. Uh, drop us a line, david at thedavidbowers.com, or catch me on social media and that uh, we can talk about it. It's uh, it's really affordable, and we'd love to have you on board, and that uh, we would be more than happy to give you our support uh, in return for yours. So uh, keep that in mind if you'd like to underwrite the David Bowers. Drop a line to david at thedavidbowers.com. You were going to say, John? Well, I was just going to say, in addition to that, David, uh, anybody that is potentially interested in underwriting the show can also get a hold of Jeff at WRFZFM in Rochester, New York, our flagship station, the folks that have made it possible for us to go uh, out into the airwaves of Rochester, New York, and western New York, and uh, you know, somewhere over the Great Lakes before the signal fades out. I don't think we get into Canada. I don't think we go that far. But uh, WRFC, uh, there's, do, do we have Canadian they're, listeners they're on online, RFC? So I don't, I don't, don't know about that, but I know their online signal does. They uh, they go around the world and they're online. Okay, yes, get they, at, uh, yes they do. At, uh, RochesterFreeRadio.com. Yep, yep. But uh, WRFC is a great radio station. It is uh, what radio used to be like, homespun, homegrown radio. Exactly. Uh, it, and none of these, exactly uh, right. none of these mega corporations uh, controlling their programming. Uh, Steve Litvak is a really good example of local programming, and uh, and and he has got this phenomenal rock and roll radio show on WRFC. There's us, and and I know that uh, Jeff has his oldies show on there. So it really is a, a great station, heavy listenership. So if you are interested. Uh, in being involved with uh, the David Bowers Awards and WRFC. Drop us a line or drop them a line. And let's not forget our friends, uh, uh, the Showbrooks, uh, Eric and his dad, who uh, program from, uh, uh, they're on Saturday afternoons, if I remember correctly. I don't have the time right in front of me. But uh, Armand, the dad, 
programs, some really, uh, really eclectic rock music that you've probably never heard of before. And some of it will blow your mind. You wonder, why wasn't that played? Well, hey, that's commercial radio for you, but uh, you'll, you'll like Armon Spins as well as the other programming. Check them out. You can check them out online, see their programming, you know, go listen to them. And uh, you can, especially if you live in Rochester and upstate New York, and uh, as I said, you can pick them up around the world as you can our show uh, because they, uh, they, they do stream online. And we are happy to have them as our flagship station. And uh, we're also happy for the support of all the gang there at Rochester Free Radio, as we are thankful for all the guests that we have had, some great guests over the years, and hopefully uh, 2021 will be equally, if not more, exciting. We're definitely going to try to make it that way and try to make it as exciting as possible. We're going to start with our first guest today, who will be along to chat with us in just a few minutes. He's been on the show a couple of times in the past, and he is uh, he is one fine guitarist. He, you know, he is probably one of the premier uh, rock guitarists in the country right now, and he has been in the studio. Hopefully he'll get out of the studio in time to uh, do the show with us today because uh, he got himself a new guitar uh, given to him for Christmas, and he's been in the studio playing with that most of the day. So uh, hopefully uh, he will be joining us any minute now, and we can uh, chat with him about his music. He's got some new music that uh, he just cranked out, and we're going to be playing a cut from that right now. As a matter of fact, uh, we're going to we're going to play uh, Mr. Dan Lawson, and. Uh, as I said, he's been on a couple of times before. He's back with some new music, including this track called Borderline. Tonight 
Well, you know, Dave, she's a DJ at one of the radio stations here on the case. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> so she knows, she knows who I am. Okay, well, now, and i got to ask the question. i got I got to ask the question because, yeah. you know, both Dave and I, we've jocked for, for years. What have you gotten yourself into? What have you done? <laughs> well, man, I, um, you know, the, the amazing part about it is because of what I do and how I do it, it you know, I can't let... You know, even though she's she has a great show, I'm getting great airplay all over the world. But you know, I don't want her to go outside of her basket to you know to you know to make me look like you know, anybody else. So we want right. to ride that little thin line of she does her business, I do mine. Uh, right. But she's just an amazing lady. Oh my lord! It just uh, and again, she's well. The song you're going about to play, Mariah, she sang backup vocals with me. DJ, all right. I love it. I love it when a DJ gets in on the recording of the music as well as just playing it. It was something my voice wasn't designed to do, but uh, I've always ended in, unfortunately, as a matter of fact, that's why I became a DJ, because I decided long, long time ago, well, if I can't sing, I can play the music, and I've been playing the music ever since. But again, congratulations to both of you. I'm sure it's well-deserved, and as I said, we all wish you many, many years of happiness. You mentioned the, uh, the new music, and we definitely want to talk to you about that. And yes, we are going to be playing Mariah here in, oh, in, in a few minutes. No hurry, sit there and relax and, uh, and keep talking. Tell us about the new music you've got besides the track we're going to play later. Well, the album, you know, it kind of speaks for itself. The Abyssal Plane. You know, the abyss is in, in the ocean. There's only 3 to 5% of the abyss that's ever, ever been explored. And this particular album is an album of, there's no two songs that sound the same. I mean, I got everything on here from rockabilly to chicken picking music. I've got a dedicated <laughs> song to my uncle. There's a song on the album called Turtle Soup. And uh, uh, I will send. I will send. I'm going to send you a copy of the CD out. I want to get your address before we get done tonight. But uh, this particular song um, I wrote well, so long ago. But I've only used it at the shows, but I never did it live. And, I mean, I never did it and recorded it. Someone said, "Man, you got to record that." I go, "That is a chicken picking song." But you got to remember, as I explained to you long ago, my uncle was Tex Ritter's lead guitarist back in the 40s right. and 50s. Yeah, I remember you telling me that. And and the rockabilly thing has always been my thing. But he was one of the best chicken pickers and guitar pickers. I ever seen in my life. I mean, he has fingernails. He grew fingernails on his right hand just so he could pick. And it was just amazing oh, to watch. I can only imagine. I, do, you, do, you have, uh, do you have any films or videos of him? You know, I've got, my mom's got some stuff that I, I need to transfer. I need to get it on uh, to disc, some, to DVD from some of the, the films they've got. But oh, there's some amazing stuff on there. There's some stuff with him and Chet Atkins. Uh, there's oh, some stuff. Oh, wow. just, and this is a and a very young Chet Atkins when when Michael Roy was playing, but uh, he's on wow. many many country albums and, and he's the one. I still have uh, the Fender guitar that Leo Fender built for him. I still have that guitar in this house. Oh my gosh! Oh wow! And I, I would I would love to see that. I was 11 years old. I'll send you a photo. 
Oh, love to. Yeah, absolutely. And hang on, stay on the line after we finish and we we play Mariah and uh, we'll get together on those other details. Um, we'll have about four and a half minutes to do that. So we can do that then. Uh, but yeah, that is amazing. Uh, what a story. And apparently, apparently it is in the genes because uh, you aren't too bad a picker yourself in your own style. Well, you know, the funny thing about that is, you know, I, I think back, you know, when I, I was five years old, when I was exposed to the first sound of a guitar, five years old. And it, it was, I don't know if it was the sound of the guitar or the fact that while my uncle was playing, I was holding on to the acoustic guitar while he was playing and I felt it. It was, well, this is not normal. And oh. that, that point, and that was... That was quite a few years ago, and it's just grown into part of what I do. So that is literally getting a feel for the music. That that's that is amazing. That that would make a movie. <laughs> if you ever do a movie of your life story, that's a scene that has to be in it, right well, near the beginning. One, there's a lot of interesting ones in there, and and a lot of them do involve him because you know when he was on tour, you know we lived in, at that time. I lived on the eastern shore of Maryland. And what they did is when they would come up from Tennessee, Maryland was the midway point between there and New York and coming into New England. So they would stay at our house. And uh, uh. I'd, I'd get up in the morning, there'd be five or six bodies laying on the floor in sleeping bags. And, and here they are <laughs> now, but, you know, the, some of the top names in country music. But back then, everybody was yeah. working and playing and working together. And he always sure. had time to show me a guitar riff. So Awesome. That's amazing. And you definitely... Uh, you definitely made use of the genes and the talent. Uh, uh, that uh, the name of the album again is what? Abyssal Plane. The Abyssal Plane, and that is right. out in all the usual places. It is everywhere: Spotify, Rhapsody, um, MTV. Uh, I even found it on Xbox the other day. It's on Amazon, uh, iTunes. You can. It's. It's. I think eighty or ninety different ways. Or. You can also go to my website because I have it there on my website, danlawson.com. Ah, you're like me, one that keep it easy to remember, <laughs> danlawson.com. Love it. And uh, I'm glad to know the album is already out there. Uh, how many tracks you got on the album now, Dick? This, again, this is the second phase of the trilogy. There's seven songs. There'll be three seven-song albums. Three seven song CDs, and at the end we'll be doing vinyl, um, a complete twenty one song vinyl, and there'll be a DVD video to go with it. You know, you've Great. kind of. John, uh, I know you went. Yeah, yeah, I, I sure do because Dan, you have piqued my interest with that uh, with that Fender guitar uh, because I'm a bit of a guitar <laughs> player myself. I'm a pretty lousy guitar player, but I I, I still play nonetheless. And, Let's um, put it this way: I've known him over forty years, and I've never heard him even attempt to play. So. Well, <laughs> that's because I'm that bad. But uh, when I was, uh, and I know I'm going to be dating myself here, but when I was fourteen years old in 1965, I um, went into uh, downtown Boston and bought myself a Hagstrom guitar. You ever hear of Hagstrom guitars? Oh, you bet! Yeah, very, very well, well built, amazing guitar. It's an amazing, it's an amazing guitar, and I still have it to this day. I still have it, and uh, it is um, 
it, it's just a it, it's it's a wondrous thing to behold. It really is. Uh, I love that guitar, and I think it plays just as well as uh, as a Strat or a Fender Mustang, and it it just practically plays itself. Well, one thing about Hagstrom, you got to remember, they were the ones that took artwork and and made guitars with it. Yes, because they're beautiful, beautiful woods, beautiful guitars, well made, necks are well made. Oh no, you got a you got a gem there, my friend. Yes, I do. I I, I do, and I also have my father's uh, Goya uh, guitar. It's a gut string guitar, and uh, yeah. that I I want to say that that guitar is probably about eighty years old. And it has wow. such a phenomenal sound to it. Well, the guitar that I have is a 1955 Telecaster, <laughs> and um, <laughs> that is um, as I, you know, as, there's not a day that I go by and visit my mom, who's 85 years old, who says to me, "You still got your uncle Roy's guitar, don't you?" I said, "Well, of course I do, mom." <laughs> God bless but her. That's great. There's a little. There's a little story I want to tell you that goes with this. I was out sure. with the guys with uh, Joe Perry and everybody from Aerosmith, and Joe had said, you know, you, you have a pretty old guitar. Can you go home and get it? <laughs> so, so I jump in my car, I run home. This is, this is on the Cape, Cape Cod. I run home, I get the guitar, I come back. Uh, the guys were playing at the uh, Massachusetts uh, Maritime Academy. They were doing a show. Well, I brought the guitar up the stairs, and, he could, and you could see it through the glass window before it got there. He met me at the stairs. He goes, oh, man, i got to have that. And I said, well, I said, Joe, I said, I, I understand that, but, buddy, you know, this is an heirloom. He said, so he reaches in into his wallet. He's got an old check. <laughs> I think he signed, and he just kept it in the wallet that he had. He goes, just put the price in there. I go, it doesn't work like that, Joe. I can't help you, buddy. <laughs> and he goes, no, no I got to have that guitar. Now, that was 1973, okay? I saw Joe a couple years ago. What do you think the first thing was out of his mouth? You still got the guitar? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, bad as sure as hell was. Yeah. You still got that guitar, man? I said, you bet. He says, you know, that's retirement money. I went, I know. So oh, yeah. <laughs> that I, I can I can never I've had that guitar guys since I was eleven years old. I'm sixty four oh, now. I've had that I guitar since I was eleven years old. Well, I understand that, that feeling amazing. completely because, like I said, I've had my guitar since I was fourteen, and and I I'm about to uh, complete seven decades early next year. So that that tells you how long I've had mine. So yeah, I get it. I get it completely. Well, buddy. well, that guitar, that guitar has been on every album. Um, it's on the Chicken Pickin' album. It's on the Chicken Pickin' song. It's a guitar that has. It sounds like no other guitar I've ever heard. Um, it plays just like the day it was made. Uh, it stays in tune like nothing I can imagine. I beat the hell out of the guitar, and that thing stays in tune. I'm just scared to take it out anywhere because uh, it was just a praise for six digits, my friends. Yeah, so I don't blame you about it. I bet. So I I have, yeah, that's one of those, you know, you're damned if you do, and boy, you sure as hell don't want to. But but everyone has to about it, you know. Before we let you go, Dan, uh, we know there's another, there's a third installment of this trilogy coming. What can you tell us about that, and when might we be looking for it? 
Well, I tell you what, my friend, I've already have three songs written for the new album, and um, it is, you know, you're gonna you're gonna hear more. Um, it's gonna be more of a guitar album. It's gonna be a lot of guitars. It's gonna be, it's gonna be an anal just like this album was done. It's gonna be an analog recorded, complete program, and then digitized to give it that nice warmth and depth that the album has and uh, without using a lot of processing and because I didn't have the money to do that. So we did it, you know, as economically as we could and made it sound far better than we ever thought it would. So it's going to have some, it's going to have, I'm going to put, let's see, let's just call it a dark side of the earth kind of sound. It's going to be different. Okay. And you're going to bring it back and play it for us. You bet I am without a problem. Will you tell us when we've, we've got a date waiting for you. <laughs> you got it, <laughs> Ladies right. and gentlemen, yeah. Dan Lawson, and we thank you so much, Guitar Man, for coming by here and sharing these stories with us. And uh, what amazing stories they were, too. And as well as sharing some great music from your latest album. And uh, we're going to play the other track that we're doing right now called Mariah. Ladies and gentlemen, Dan Lawson, this is Mariah.
newlywed Dan Lawson and Mariah from his latest album. And we thank you so much, Dan, for joining us here and sharing your music and your stories with us right here on the David Bowers Award. Ladies and gentlemen, I know you're going to love our next guest. I have waited a lot of years. I met this gentleman back in uh, well, it was about 1959 or 1960 when he was touring the nation as a breakout new artist. And he is still touring the nation, only the breakout is past. He's a well-established artist now. And I know you're going to know the name, Bobby Rydell. And here is his first big hit, Kissing Time. We're kissing in Cleveland, Kansas City, too. They're wailing in Wildwood, back in Waterloo. There's boots in all love, even in St. Louis. So, baby, get ready. Sit on beaches, see the shiny sea. Smooching on benches, neath a kissing tree. Lipstick on collar, done in Tennessee. I saw a baby come on now, started kissing me. Auditorium, Bobby, come on in here and say hello. How you doing? Doing fine, thanks, and thank you so much for coming to see us today. It's uh, it's a pleasure. I know you have done a few shows since then, but I remember vividly when we uh, we came down. As a matter of fact, we came in, and you and a gentleman from the band, from the group, the Skyliners, greeted us and took us into the auditorium. For a, uh, we had to stay there for a few minutes of your rehearsals that afternoon before the show. Then, of course, we came back for the show that evening, and that was, uh, you know, I was still what a, a sophomore in high school, I think, about that time, or a freshman, and that was like, that was like the biggest deal of my lifetime up to that point, meeting you guys there, and uh, you didn't disappoint. It was great to meet you. It's great to have you back here again. Well, thank you and, so much. I, I guess that was uh, Jimmy Beaumont, God rest his soul, with the Skyliners. 
you know, I hate to admit I can't remember the name of who it was, but I can tell you this. I can't remember this much. He was he was a redhead. He had oh, red hair. Oh, uh, oh, wait a minute. Who who was the guy who had the red hair? Oh, with the skyliners. <laughs> oh, oh God, I can't remember. But you know, I was very, I, I, very, I was very dear friends with uh, with Jimmy Beaumont, who was the lead singer of really the Skyliners, know. and yeah. And years ago, when I started promoting my records in Pittsburgh, there was a guy by the name of Joe Rock who used to take us around to you know different radio stations in Pittsburgh. And mm-hmm. then later, later on in years, he became the manager of the Skyliners. Oh wow! <laughs> yeah, small world yeah, for sure. But that was a that was a big event in my life. We had uh, well, a couple of guys and myself had made a made a plan. We were going to come down to the city, and we were going because I lived out in the country on a farm back then, and uh, about I don't know fifteen twenty miles out of Utica, and uh, we were going to come down there. And one way or another, we were going to meet some of the guys from the show, and uh, it was just such a thrill. And you were so gracious. I was, uh, you know, looking back on it, I, I'm thinking, you know. This guy must have been, you know, besieged with people, probably mostly with girls at the time, but, uh, you know, besieged with people who want to meet you, get your autograph, get your picture and everything. And uh, you were just so gracious. It was like uh, you, you couldn't do enough to, to make us comfortable, which was really a knockout. It really made well, my made my year. <laughs> well, thank you ever so much. That's so nice to hear. Thank you. And you have done an awful lot since then. Uh, you've had a, uh, amazingly long and successful career. Let me ask you this between the late fifties, early sixties, when you were cooking the, on the record scene and now what is your, what do you notice as the biggest change in the music industry from an artist standpoint? I'll tell you the truth. I haven't a clue. <laughs> I don't I even listen to the radio anymore. Yeah. What I listen to when I'm in my car, I listen to WIP Sports Talk Radio, 50s on 5, 60s on 6, and Seriously Sinatra. I gotcha. Okay. I don't blame <laughs> you there. <laughs> and it's, it's nice to meet a celebrity who is as honest as he is pleasant. <laughs> Oh, that's amazing. Well, I, we we can't really get into the to the sports bit right now, and we don't have time to play a lot of Sinatra songs. So let me pry into your your career a little bit now. You have been uh, aside from this last year, which has been a loss for everybody. You have oh been my God, still, yeah. still doing some touring. Yeah, uh, matter of fact, I leave. Uh... Tomorrow, matter of fact, uh, January, excuse me, uh, December 29th, fly to West Palm Beach, and I'm doing a show for our president. I'm doing a show for our president, President Trump. Congratulations. That's great. Yeah, thank you. That is, that is great. Uh, you're, going to, you're also going to be over, uh, over in Immokalee, aren't you? Yeah, I believe that's March... Uh, what is emotionally uh, on March 18th, 19th? I'm talking to my wife. Hello, hon? What? Uh, <laughs> is uh, 18th and 19th? Where? What? 
Claremont, Florida? Oh, no, that's Claremont. Claremont, Florida, the Claremont Performing Arts Center, March, 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 oh, March 18th and 19th. I believe the inaugural date has been uh, has been pushed back. Oh, okay. The reason I asked that is because my co-host, John Bon Jovial here, uh, lives just down the road from there. And uh, I was going to uh, pass the information on to him, but... Uh, yeah. He, if we uh, if we get the date on that, we I'm sure he'd probably like to get over there and catch your show because you uh, oh, for you sure have... you know a lot of the dates a lot of the dates that we have have either been canceled or postponed to a yeah. later date. <laughs> so I think yeah. the Mokali has now been postponed to another date. I, I was going to say thank you ever so much. I know that we had the date. You know it was uh, I forget exactly when the date was, but it was postponed. But it's on the books. Uh, exactly when we're going to do it, I haven't the slightest idea, but we will be there. And we were, when I say we, you know, it's the Golden Boys, Frankie Avalon, right. Fabian, and myself. Oh, yeah. boy. So, yeah, you know, we, we will be there, you know, in 2021, I would, I would imagine. Of course, and you know when I was—I yeah, know I had seen a date. Yeah, you know, when I was much younger, of course, ladies, we were all much younger at one at one time. Uh, but I can remember listening to your songs in Boston, where I grew up on WMEX, and I can remember. Uh, oh yeah, yeah. I I I remember listening to uh, Kissin' Time, and I remember Forget Him. Matter of fact, whenever Forget Him would come on the radio, my sister would just absolutely swoon. And of course, I would mercilessly make fun of her. Uh, <laughs> but why was that? Well, you know, little brothers can be real buttheads sometimes. Uh, this is a family show, so I can't say the real word. Oh, I don't know. I'm, I don't know. I don't know, John. I'm an only child, so I don't know about that. But uh, no, I remember listening to your music and just loving everything that 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 you did. And uh, I think that, you know, David's just, uh, he's just a couple of years older than me, and, and I'm not being facetious. He is really only just a few years older than I am. Uh, but I can remember uh, watching you on uh, American Bandstand back in 1959 or 1960, and uh, I can remember, I remember, I remember the episode with, um, with all the, uh, the, the horse-drawn carriages in New York, and I think you were in the third one. And, uh, and, and you say, uh, you're right. Yeah. I think that was, uh, Dick, uh, Dick Clark's, uh, Saturday night beach nuts, bearing gums. Yes, show. yes, yes, it was. But you know, it, it was Dick Clark yeah, yeah, and you're yeah. absolutely right. And right, I think, I think you right. sang Valari, if I'm not mistaken. That's right. I came off the carriage and, and started singing Volare. I uh, got off the carriage, then we walked through uh, the back end of the studio, and then finally into the audience. You know where the kids were, where the kids were sitting. Uh, you know, sitting. Yeah, yeah. It's, <laughs> I, 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 you know, certain things. You know, when you're young, you remember. You know, certain things from your youth that you remember. Of course, you know, as, as I uh, as I morphed into you know the psychedelia of the late '60s, you know, probably some of the brain cells got fried, so I don't remember it all. But uh, <laughs> you know, I I always remembered uh, you know listening to you, uh, listening to you and Frankie Avalon and Fabian and and all these guys, and uh, you know, I was a little kid, but God, just loving it, absolutely loving it. Yeah, it was a great time. Yeah, it was a great time. It was a great time. They were great times. Bobby, remembering since the since John brought up the uh, 
the old action from back in those days. He mentioned Dick Clark, who is uh, actually was a local boy. Uh, I, I can remember seeing him on the uh, 11 o'clock news doing the weather. He was the Atlantic Richmond weather forecast for, for a while. Right. There. But, right. Uh, right. Mentioning, mentioning the TV connections, we've got about five minutes left. Okay. Mentioning the TV connection, you were in an amateur show, which uh, was a lot like, uh, well, in some ways, the concept was a lot like today's uh, reality TV series where they, you know, artists compete. You were on one amateur show, uh, Paul Whiteman, and you won that show back in 1950, wasn't it? Yeah, I was 10 years old. Uh, I was born in 1942. I think it was 1952. I'm not quite sure, but I was 10, yeah. so that makes it 1942. Yeah, and uh, yeah, I... Uh, I did a I did a record, uh, not that not that I did the record, but there was a record. Sammy Davis Jr. recorded a record of "Because of You," the old song "Because of You." Mm -hmm. There's a song, yada yada yada. Right. And one side he did actors doing singers, and the other side was singers doing actors. So I did the side of actors doing singers to the tune of "Because of You," and we, you know, I would do like Jimmy Stewart. Edward G. Robinson, uh, Jerry Lewis, uh, Frank Fontaine, and I went on the show. I went on the show doing that particular uh, piece of business. And at a very young age, I had a, a fairly decent singing voice as well. Yeah, so I've heard. I've heard rumors to that effect. And what, <laughs> if, uh, if my notes are if my notes are right here, a few years later, like at about sixteen. Uh, you were playing as a drummer for a group called Rockle and the Saints uh, by uh, Frankie with Frankie Avalon. Right, right. Well, Frankie and I go back. Frankie's a couple of years older than me, but I, I uh, Frankie and I go back. I've known Frank since I was ten years old. Frank was twelve at the time. He played trumpet, and we used to go around and do shows for veterans hospitals, USO, then so on and so forth. And then he was in, his, in this band called Rocco and the Saints, and they were playing a place called Bay Shores right outside of Atlantic City, New Jersey. And it was in a place called Summers Point, New Jersey. The club was called Bay Shores. And mm -hmm. Frankie called me up. He said, Bobby, our drummer, uh, Chippy Boncato, we used to call him Chippy Peters, he said he's sick. Could you come and throw in? So I said, yeah. You know, I worked, in, I worked like for a couple of days. And that's where I met my first manager. He was playing bass in a in a group called Billy Duke and the Dukes. Uh -huh. <laughs> so, you know, I finished. You know, we finished the set. You know, forty sure. on, twenty off. You know, forty right. minutes on, twenty minutes off. And his name was Frankie Day. His real name was Francesco Cocchi. And he said, mm -hmm. "I'd like to manage you." Well, I was like. 16 years old, 15, 16 years old. I said, I don't know what you're talking about. Talk to my father. <laughs> and uh, and that, that's gone back, you know, quite a few years, and it was just a handshake, no contract. We didn't mm -hmm. sign any papers. You know, it was just a handshake. And Frankie Day became my manager back in, oh, let me see, 19, I would say late 57, early 58. That's fantastic. I'm getting, unfortunately, I'm getting the rap signals from over there. Bobby, I want to extend my sincere thanks personally as well as professionally for you coming and being on my show. I hope that, heck, you, we can get you to come back and see us again in the not-too-far-distant future. 
and I wish you and your wife and uh, and of course your partners on stage the Golden Trio uh, all the best in the world. If you get out to Phoenix, Tempe, Arizona way, let me know. I'll look you up when you get into town there. And I know John will be watching for you there in uh, in South Florida. All the very best, Bobby. Thank you again so much. Well, thank you ever ever so much for your time, and I would like to wish everybody who's listening to you a very happy and a prosperous and a healthy new year. Absolutely, thank you, and a happier new year to you. Ladies and gentlemen, Bobby Rydell, we're going to play uh, his big hit, which actually helped him cross the line between the kids and the adults when he did his own cover of Bolari. From, uh, from way back when. Actually, the track we're going to play uh, is, a, is a great bridge to that era because it was from a TV show. Uh, for those of you who don't remember or weren't around to remember, uh, back in the 50s and early 60s, they had what were called variety entertainment shows where the host would come on and introduce some guests as Perry Como did with uh, Bobby Rydell back October 12th, 1969. Ed Hurley, he is the announcer, ladies and gentlemen. Here's Bobby Rydell with Valari and a little bit extra talent at the very end. Now, ladies and gentlemen, one of the fastest rising and one of the biggest talents of the younger singers, Bobby Rydell. Sing. 
So well, Bobby, I think I'll make you an honorary Italian. <laughs> he, this boy's got talent, he's got personality, he's got a hair. <laughs> he's disgustingly young, too. Bobby, besides being a very fine little gentleman and uh, obviously a very nice singer, and he sells a lot of records, but he has a, a few facets, other facets to his career, a very young career. He does wonderful in, in, impressions. And I, if you don't mind, I'd like to have you do Frank Fontaine as John L. C. Savone. Would you, Bob? Just a little bit of it. Well, gee, Mr. Combe, I was only kidding around over here, so... Well, you gotta believe. You gotta believe. Cool. Just about that much. Well, I don't really think I can, Mr. Como. You see. <laughs> My cousin Charlie, he said to me, Hey, you wanna buy a suit? You wanna buy a blue suit? <laughs> Yeah. How much will it cost? He said nothing. I said nothing. <laughs> He's a goofy Charlie. So I got the blue suit for nothing. And the next day, I was in the Navy. <laughs> oh, ladies and gentlemen, Bobby Rydell, and I'm getting the signal that we've blown all the time, that it's time for John Bon Jovial to take us home. Wow, what a great show. <laughs> what a great way to start off a brand new year. Happy New Year, everybody. Let's make it a safe, happy, and a healthy new year for everybody involved. Well, the, uh, the David Bowers Awards, that's us. Uh, <laughs> we are broadcast around the world. Yeah, Nick, I get the, I, I know, we went over, I know, I get it. Uh, <laughs> the David Bowers Awards is broadcast around the world from the studios of Computer Help USA in beautiful Naples, Florida, and of course from the Valley of the Sun in Tempe, Arizona. Uh, we are glad to come and see you every single week and encourage you to follow the David Bowers Awards on Twitter and LinkedIn and Facebook and also join us next week on uh, WRFZ-FM in Rochester, New York for the David Bowers Awards. That's Saturday at 12 p.m. on Rochester Free Radio. And, of course, you can also find us on Blog Talk Radio Sunday at 2 p.m. Eastern, 11 a.m. Pacific, and 7 p.m. UTC. So until next week for the David Bowers Awards, Nick the Geek, and, of course, our marvelous, <laughs> warm, and loving host, the David Bowers. I am yours truly, John Bon Jovial, saying love one another. Happy New Year, everybody. Wash your hands. Still keep, keep, uh, keep your distance. And don't put that mask on just yet. We'll see you next week right here on the David Bowers Awards. <laughs>